What's it really like to be a solopreneur running your own business? This is Mega Maker episode 63. Hey folks, uh, didn't do the full musical intro. Got some feedback or a suggestion, I should say, at MicroConf. 2018 in Las Vegas from Eric Normand. He said, uh, maybe just don't do the full music. I just have the dan 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 So I'm trying it out. Let me know if you like it. I'm M-I Justin on Twitter. Also, I've been using Breaker, the podcast app Breaker lately, and you can interact with this episode directly inside the app. You just, while you're listening to MegaMaker, you can click the heart And that lets people know you liked it. But you can also leave a comment and it will bookmark what part you're commenting on. And I've really enjoyed digging into those, responding to those. So, hey, Breaker listeners, leave me a comment and a heart if you'd like. Today, I wanted to share with you some clips from this conversation I had with Nathan Alotti. I think I'm saying his last name right. NathanAlotti.com. Uh, The links are in the show notes, and he's got a great podcast that's both audio and video. But Nathan runs a show for freelancers and creatives, and he wanted to talk about, you know, what's it really like to run your own business? Not just the, the public perception we put out there, but what's it really like to do everything yourself, to you know, be get, trying to get clients, to be trying to maintain a certain appearance on the internet, and I think we just got into some really good, honest stuff. So I'm going to play some clips from that show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before I start is my birthday is coming up, June 17th is my birthday, and it's become a bit of a tradition for me to do a birthday sale on all the things I have. So if you've been meaning to get marketing for developers or you want to get the new product validation checklist or you know anything I've done in the past, it's all on sale. Go to megamaker.co slash birthday and you'll see all the deals there. Uh, it's only going on until June 17th. That's when I turn 13,879 days old. Help me celebrate my birthday and get a good deal at the same time. Megamaker.co slash birthday. All right, let's get into some of these clips from my chat with Nathan. I like Megamaker. Whenever I hear a striker song, I'm thinking it's your podcast. I'm not thinking it's a regular song. (laughs) Um, uh, I love the episode... um, being in traffic almost killed me because I could relate. Mm. Actually, I was listening to that uh, episode in traffic, and Houston has a lot of traffic. <laughs> if something's 20 miles away, it might take you an hour to get there. I probably could have jogged and made it before. Yeah, anyway, um, that happens a lot. And I was listening to that, and I was like, wow, this is highly relevant as I'm sitting here in traffic. But on that episode, yeah. Justin was just highlighting the commuting was taking away time he could have been used for creating. And, uh, that, mm-hmm. and and driving and sitting in traffic like that also drains you too. It drains some of your energy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was one of my favorite episodes. I think that's, yeah, I think there's something about that that I even need to remind myself of this now. But sometimes we, you know, we'll come up with an idea or, you know, like now, now I've, I got the dream, right? I'm independent. But that basically means I'm just on a new treadmill, which means I have to figure out what I'm going to produce next. 
and in some ways it's it's more difficult now because when it was my side project there was no pressure for anything i created to pull in most of the income right yeah. but now this is my only thing and i think what you can miss and the advantage of having a full-time job and doing something on the side is you know when you're doing it on the side you are so observant about your pain and other people's struggle and other people's desires and uh, what motivates people. Being in traffic and stuck in traffic was incredibly motivating to me because every time I got in that car, I was frustrated. And I knew um, once I started telling that story to people, so many folks could identify with that, that sentiment of, I'm here in the car, but this is sucking my life away. And I wish I lived closer to my office. I wish, you know, being stuck in my car motivated me to try so many things. I would go to my boss and I would say, listen, you, you have to let me work from home a couple days a week. And at first they said, no, no, no. And every time my yearly review came up, I'm like, listen, I'm going to leave if I can't get some of this freedom because it's killing me to drive into the city every day. And so eventually they gave me one day at home a week. But even then I was, I still had four days a week. And so I started applying for jobs. I applied for a job at 37 signals and they, uh, Jason emailed me the day after I applied and said, Hey, I want you to come to Chicago and spend the day with us. Went to Chicago, spent the day with them. And, uh, they, I'd applied for customer support position, which was lower than what I was doing, and they offered me the job, and it was way less money than I was making, but I was still like, I almost took it because I was so motivated to get out of traffic, you know? And so remembering those things that caused us pain or those things that are so, there's so much struggle there that you're just motivated, you have this incredible motivation to move yeah, it was a lot easier noticing those moments when I wasn't full-time independent. And uh, that's, in some ways, that's what I'm trying to recapture these days is going back to where people are at, going back to what's hard, going back to, you know, the things that frustrate people so much that they're willing to get off the couch, get off the chair and do something about it. You know, managers, leaders, employers, they really have to start thinking about allowing people to work remotely because they're not going to be at home eating corn chips uh you know watching and catching up on the walking dead or or anything like that uh, yeah. they can get their work done you know it doesn't have to be this big deal of being in the office you have to start asking yourself the question is being in the office the best environment for someone's creativity or for someone's mm -hmm. work ethic it may or may not be uh, and there's mm -hmm. value in letting someone to work from home. So I'm just saying all this mm -hmm. just in case someone's listening that is a leader or a manager. Listen to people because mm -hmm. uh, Justin, yeah. Justin said, hey, guys, I might look elsewhere. If He, he kind of was thinking like I need this freedom. And if yeah, you, totally. see that you see that you're going to let me have it or I'll get it. It's just you won't be here. I've been thinking a ton about motivation. And. You know, we, it's funny because we, the, the solution that I jumped to was becoming an indie entrepreneur. 
because I was motivated to have more freedom in my life. More, I was motivated to want to live the place I wanted to live. You know, I wanted to live closer to the ski resort. I was motivated to spend more time with my family, all these things. And uh, I chose as my solution indie entrepreneurship, but it could have been some other things, right? It could have been um, a workplace that was said, you know, you can work from home and you can, you, we only work seven hours a day. And, you know, there's all these other options that could have been, but the situation I was in, I was like, I've got to get out of this. And what, what happened was I started listening to podcasts and I heard, uh, Rob Walling startup for the rest of us. And I'm like, okay, here's some hope. Here's a solution. And so I, 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 plunged kind of all my motivation in that direction but there's other directions right there's other there's other things and um i think that's interesting for us as people you know as we're trying to figure out how to make our life better but it's e even more interesting as we're looking at our clients and our customers and our potential customers and to say okay what are they really motivated to do what situation are they motivated to get out of what, you know, what are they willing to, what, what are they really emotional about in their life right now? And those are the things that, that you need to grab onto. I think we made a mistake in, you know, we said, you know, what people really want is they want online courses, but they don't want online courses. They want to get out of their situation. And so the, the vessel that we use to help them get out of their situation is going to change all the time. And if we get too stuck on, well, it's got to be a PDF ebook and an online course and, you know, anything else, it, it's not going to work. Uh, the, 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 what doesn't change is people want to make their life better. <laughs> what does change is what kind of, uh, I guess vessel is the best way to put it. What, what does that look like? What does the the tool look like? What does the channel look like? What does the pathway look like? And that can change. What works today might not work tomorrow. What people thought might work maybe didn't end up working. And we're still putting all of our resources into creating this one thing when what people really want is, you know, something over here. And I think that's a good question for freelancers especially because, you know, we've gotten addicted to saying we need to, you know, automate things for our clients and we need to create software for our clients. We need to, but maybe the clients don't want that. Maybe what the clients want is that they've tried all those other things and they want to make their life better. And, and what they think will make their life better is more hands-on support, more custom work, more, you know, all these other things. And so, uh, yeah, there, there's something interesting in there. Uh, and specifically around motivation that I think is, I don't know, just intriguing to me. You know, there's certain motivations to uh, make the jump, to leave a nine to five job and become a solopreneur, a freelancer, creative professional, build your own business, build your own software as a service, whatever you want to call it. And there was like this predefined path that uh, many people touted online. And that path looks something like, Okay, first you started and you're working a corporate job, but you're tired. So then 
um, as Gary V likes to say, you gotta hustle. You gotta hustle. So, so, so mm-hmm. you may, you may work nine to five, but you better own five to nine a.m. You know. So he says stuff mm-hmm. like that, and so he, basically he's saying, hey, build a business when you're off of work, which is which is true. Mm-hmm. And then you do that with freelancing, and then you get a couple of clients, and you say, well, as uh, Brendan Dunn put it, he left his nine to five job and he created his own agency, but he turned it. It was a nine to seven. So he's like, I have mm-hmm. something I own, but now I spend more time on it. And is, mm-hmm. this, is this really what I wanted? So then the transition from freelancing, because with freelancing, you have clients and you still have obligations. The, tra- yeah. the transition is, let me go to products or some type of um, you know, passive income right? that you can get. Mm-hmm. Basically, something I can sell that, or something I can create that sells, whether I am intentionally one-on-one with the customer or not and Mm -hmm. that seemed to be the predefined path and tons of people flooded and did that path but as a result of that you see you see tons of ebooks you see some tons Mm -hmm. of paywalls saying give me your email you see tons of workshops and webinars and online courses and some of these are Mm -hmm. helpful and awesome but some of these people just did them because they were motivated to leave the job. So they didn't really do it to help people. They did it because it is a path to get me out of the situation I feel stuck in. And that might not work anymore. And Mm -hmm. people are tired of it. And when people can see it coming now, they start to second guess your authenticity. They start to second guess um, your intentions. And, And now we're moving towards a point where it's almost like it's resetting. Uh, it's going back to more customer service, more hands-on, more intimate conversations, more one-on-one. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a little bit of where we are now. Um, it, it, Justin, if you could speak to what are you seeing in terms of, because you know, you've done both sides, but uh, mm-hmm. how are you and your brand, how are you transitioning back? I know you have a couple of communities, but how are you transitioning mm-hmm. back to that more personalized approach rather than automation? Well, I mean, you know, for me, what really kind of started this was seeing Nathan Barry and very early on seeing the success he had with his books and his courses. And I I think a lot of people kind of followed his roadmap. And I was at the tail end of that. So, you know, I was maybe a year or two or maybe even three years uh, at the end. I didn't miss it entirely, but I think those of us that are on that weren't first and uh, hadn't yet built up a big machine, we felt it first. And I just started noticing like there is way more competition. When, like when I email a, uh, a potential customer, they're replying back and saying, oh man, I would have loved to have bought your thing, but I just bought this person's thing. And it was happening more and more often and more and more products of a similar nature were coming online. And that was kind of like the first wave. And again, I'm, I feel, um, I'm trying to think of another word for blessed, but I, I'm, I feel fortunate that I, I got in when I did because marketing for developers, uh, and tiny marketing wins and these other things have literally fed my family since 2016 and you know in 2015 
it wasn't my full-time income, but it was, a, you know, it paid for braces and other <laughs> things, right? And so I feel fortunate, but I also, I also saw this other wave coming. And once you have a couple cycles, you also see what people were just lucky, what people had good timing the first time around, because you started to see people who had, a, you know, uh, the first time they killed it, and then they released something again, and it didn't do so well. So we were able to see after multiple cycles, wait a second, maybe some of this had to do with timing, right? Maybe at the beginning, this idea of PDF eBooks was just so unique and uh, interesting that people were willing to try it out. But once you get uh, that folder in your Dropbox called Books and Courses, once that starts to get to 10, 20, 30, 40 items, you got all these, you know, PDFs and eBooks and courses in there that you haven't used, it's going to be harder to, you know, the next time someone pitches you something to buy another thing. And uh, whereas when Nathan started, you know, I didn't even have a books and courses PDF folder. You know what I mean? Like I created yeah. it for his book. And so, and it was easy to, you know, I read his book in a day and I was like, okay, well, that was interesting. And um, you, you, it just changed. And so I think that was the, the first thing. Um, and like, did you notice that too, that, that kind of cycle of, you know, maybe at first it was, stu it was super kind of, I'm trying to think of the other word for unique, but you know, uh, unique, unexpected, um, it just, it just was notable. It, yeah. It just was, well, I guess you could say it was, a fresh take on online learning that yeah. that wasn't sitting in a college classroom. It was, I can learn to, uh, some people like to call it just-in-time learning. It was just-in-time mm -hmm. learning. There's a skill or a, a, a strategy or a technique, and I can learn it very quickly and do it right now. So this whole mm -hmm. just-in-time learning movement came about. And while you were talking, I looked up my, uh, I have a folder called Books. And I have yeah. uh, 101 PDFs in it. <laughs> I, I think I've read uh, maybe 60%. There are other ones I have. So it's about 100. So 40 of them I haven't even read, but they're there. Yeah. And I think for me, there's a temptation to fall in love with the medium rather than the customer. And we saw this with 37 Signals too. When they built Basecamp, there was this huge movement uh, for agencies to try to build their own SaaS using Ruby on Rails, right? And I think what folks missed is 37 Signals really understood the customer. It was them. They were the customer and they were like, they just really kind of fell in love with like, okay, here's the problem we run into all the time we're going to solve this. What's the best way to solve this? Well, you know, Microsoft Project's no good because we all have to download it and it's cumbersome, it's on our, but the web is perfect for this. And so then they went to the web and then they're like, but if it's a website, we should charge for it the same way we would charge for hosting. So now let's charge monthly for it and that business model makes sense. But then everyone, all everyone else saw was, whoa, they've got all this recurring revenue and they fell in love with the business model. They fell in love with the medium as opposed to, no, what does your customer 
want? What is your fall in love with the customer? Where are they at? I think part of even what I'm trying to think about now is like, you know, we've tried courses and courses didn't work for a lot of my customers. So what am I going to do now? What, what's the next best way I can help those people? And, you know, uh, one of the things I've done, I've been trying more is, uh, one hour coaching calls. And I did one with this fellow the other day and he said, you know, I've bought marketing for developers. I bought your landing page workshop. I enjoyed them both, but this was about a hundred times more valuable. And it, you know, it was roughly the same price. Mm. Uh, and so for the hour, right? And so he got a hundred times more value from a one hour phone call. And sure, in my corner, I could be saying, oh, this sucks. I, I can't scale this. But what's best for the customer? What's best for the customer is, in his case, is getting on the phone with me for an hour. And so... It's not his problem that I can't scale it. I've got to figure that out on my end. Maybe I got to charge more, maybe I got to do whatever. But you know, what's best for him? What's actually giving him results? Uh, what is he most motivated to even reach out and pay for? And then after he's paid for it and consumed it, what is he most motivated to actually use to go out and get results? If, if all I'm thinking about is myself and the business model and the medium that works for me, I'm going to lose sight of the fact that there's these people out there that need help and are motivated to change, but they don't want to pay, uh, you know, an annual subscription or what have you. No, that's good insight because honestly, I see this a lot on different day jobs I've had when it comes to marketing, when people start yelling out tactics instead of strategy or the business problem they're trying to solve is problematic when you say okay guys mm -hmm. we want to do a marketing campaign and the goal of this campaign is to reach uh young adults so we're going to try to reach young adults let's do a facebook campaign it's like we don't even know what we're doing yet why, why mm -hmm. did you yell out facebook campaign maybe mm -hmm. may maybe because yeah young adults are on facebook but we don't even know if they take action time out you know or um uh, let's do a pdf mm -hmm. let's do a pdf to get emails to for retargeting it's like we haven't even dove into the problem and you're yelling out a tactic, not even a solution, a tactic. Mm -hmm. And it, it may look different. And to your point, uh, that is really going forward. Uh, if you want to be authentic and genuine, you know, that, that personalization is really going to help. I don't mean personalization like a subset of, you know, automation. I mean, just mm -hmm. taking the time to personally talk to someone. And the whole value of, you know, the university system is... I can ask the professor a question during his office hours and he's supposed to yeah. give me attention. So that's what's yeah. needed, honestly, nowadays that is uh, somewhat leaving. And, you know, you're right in terms of uh, that one-on-one -on -one approach, those coaching calls, it can be time consuming. It's not necessarily scalable in the, in the way you would think mm -hmm. about it. It's not necessarily scalable, but people appreciate it because in the sea of, automation and well, I keep saying automation because I'm really thinking about chatbots those took mm -hmm. over and it's like whoa chatbots are out everybody can use it and you can engage customers by acting like it's a real thing um, you can fake yeah. you can fake personalization and fake human interaction it's like quit yeah. putting so much effort in fake human interaction and just have some human interaction and that's a realization that I had to have because I was 
copying people's tactics and, and trying to do what I read in a book or what a guru said until I was like, what do I want to do? Well, if I mm-hmm. would want one-on-one time with somebody, it's like, well, then offer that. Well said. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, uh, we've been talking for a while. I don't mind, personally. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you mentioned some other things you had to do. Uh, I do have a question or what I call a final question, unless there's anything else you want to say. Like I said, I don't mind. Um, there's a question I tend to ask everyone, and I wanted to hear your perspective if you're ready. Sure. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And this is uh, however many years you want to go back. But uh, if you were to type out an email and send the email, and the email travels back in time to your younger self, uh, what, mm-hmm. would, what would you say? It could be in general, or it can be specifically about what we've been talking about uh, you know, the life of a solopreneur and how things are evolving and listening to your audience. It can be about that if you wanted to or anything else. So sure, if you send an yeah. email, goes back in time, what would you say to your younger self? Okay. Uh, I want to say two things. The first is uh, I would tell my younger self to start taking care of my mental health back then. I don't think it gets talked about enough. And uh, specifically, you know, I felt invincible and I felt uh, like I would never have problems with depression or any of that stuff. And so I thought like going to counseling, for example, was something I was like, that's for other people. I would tell my younger self, go to counseling now while you feel healthy Hmm. so that you are in the habit of doing it uh, once a month even and even if you ha- all you do is you schedule the appointment and you go and you just say, well, I don't really have anything going on right now, uh, but I just want to get in the habit of seeing you and having a relationship with a therapist. Uh, I think that's super important. And until you have it happen to you, you don't realize how uh, debilitating it can be. And it, uh, for me, talk therapy especially, like actually going to a real person in their office and sitting on, um, they have a couch. I don't lay down on the couch. Just like <laughs> sitting down and going, you know, here's some things I'm thinking about. Here's some things I'm stressed about. And having that other person who's trained, they're not just like a buddy that you go for beers with, but they're trained to help people make progress, you know, with mental health and with their life and all those things. That has been incredible. And so I would... I wish I could go back and do and get that started earlier. I think related is, you know, in my teens and definitely in my 20s and probably a lot of my 30s, I just always thought I was right. <laughs> and I, I probably wouldn't have broadcast this, but there was this feeling of, you know, I think I'm more right than all of you. And, um, that has been um, that has been very destructive in terms of everything. Uh, not being willing to be wrong, and also not being humble and curious enough to go out and explore other options. And so, I don't think idealism idealism is always bad. I don't think that having your own beliefs is always bad but you really need i think being truly open to other ideas being truly open and humble of not 
putting yourself on this pedestal and feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm better than everyone else. They just don't know it. Or I'm better than, you know, I, that person who has achieved that success, uh, you know, often I would like downplay it. Ah, they're just got lucky or whatever. I think there's this humility is a very, um, just important characteristic and being willing to say, ah, you know what? I wonder what I could learn from that person or this person, I do not agree with them at all. Instead of running away from that, maybe I should lean into that and actually, you know, engage with them. Oh, I'm going to add one more thing. Third yeah, yeah, thing sure. Is uh, I made so much of my life about seeking comfort. And so, you know, like in high school, I wanted to figure out the easiest way to get the assignment done and get an okay mark. Um, and even like some of this motivation to start my own business was like, I just want my life to be easier. And, uh, I think that is the wrong position to take. Uh, I think it's great for you to want your life to be better. I don't think we need to go as far as like seeking out suffering, but I don't think our whole purpose in life should be to make ourselves as comfortable as we can. I think we should be making ourselves as uncomfortable as we can. And uh, I, I think if there's anything else that's held me back, it's been that, no, I'm just comfortable right now. Don't rock this boat. Like, no, don't, no one mess this up because this is comfort. Uh, that now when I'm too comfortable, that's a place for me the warning bells kind of go off and go, no, I need to get uncomfortable. Uh, not that I, again, I, not that I want to seek out suffering or make bad decisions on purpose, but how can I push myself to, um, really, you know, lean into discomfort. So when I get to a hard problem, am I going to just try to like go around it or am I going to try to like go through it and actually solve the problem? For example, uh, am I going to sweep things under the rug or am I going to deal with them now? And I've just got a history of sweeping things under the rug or trying to make things easy. And it really did not work for me. <laughs> and so I think what a lot of what I've learned in therapy is no, when don't, don't just like try to keep yourself in this like perfect, like comfortable space all the time. It, a, a challenge comes to you, lean into the challenge. Uh, you know, there, uh, something happens and you want to just sweep it under the rug. No, just deal with it then. Um, that, yeah, those three things I think would be what I'd write in my email. So that is just a little bit of my conversation with Nathan. If you want to watch the whole thing, just uh, search the state of create on YouTube and you can watch the whole video. It's also a podcast. Like I mentioned, all of that is in the show notes podcast.megamaker.co. This show is hosted, not toasted, on Transistor.fm. We are getting closer and closer to our public launch. Just sign up on Transistor.fm to hear all the news. This is Striker. Striker-metal.com you're hearing in the background. They've been my theme music from the beginning. Really appreciate those fellas. And uh, as always, if you want to reach out to me, I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin, M-I, Justin. And if you want to celebrate my birthday with me, go to megamaker.co slash birthday. 
tons of really good deals on a lot of the things I've created over the years uh, that I think will be helpful for you on your journey. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks again for listening, folks. I'll see you next time.